Psalm 124. Psalm 124. Thanks for coming out tonight. And we'll look tonight at a song to triumph over evil. And that's Psalm 124. If you remember on Sunday morning, we looked at um, David uh, facing evil, facing this, uh, the enemy. He's facing the enemy and they uh, defeated them in the, that battle we looked at this Sunday. It was a good, good passage of scripture. And I enjoyed it. And now we come to a psalm that was not necessarily written directly after that event. If you remember, I mentioned last week, we're kind of at a period where there are not a lot of direct psalms attributed to this period that we know of. But this psalm, the, the scholars say this psalm was added toward the end of David's life. So this may have been a theme that appeared throughout. We don't know when he wrote it, but it was added to the, to the songs toward the end of his life. And he's looking back at some of the victories. This is, you'll notice in Psalm 124, it's a song of degrees. These were also known as the songs of ascent. So often as uh, it's believed that often as the Jews would travel to Jerusalem, they would make their ascent up to Jerusalem. These were some of the songs that you would, that they would sing. In fact, you'll see that, um, and these begin, well, back in 120, you'll see Psalm 120 is a song of degrees. 121, 22, 23, um, and then they just continue right up until Psalm 134. So just interesting note that these would have been in the common singing as they would prepare to go to Jerusalem, prepare to worship the Lord. And so now we have David looking back at the triumphs in his life, at the victories that God had given him. So he says in verse number one, Psalm 124, and verse number one, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. So he calls them to, to think, what if, what if it hadn't been the Lord on your side? And then he echoes it again in verse number two, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for just a few minutes tonight to study the scriptures. I pray that you'd help the, this teaching, Lord, to just go deep into our hearts. I pray that we would be attentive. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that your word would have first place in our, in our minds and in our hearts tonight. I pray for the kids next uh, over at the field. I pray that you'd bless the uh, the activities there tonight and the lesson that goes forth. I, uh, we just pray that you continue to use that as an outreach into the community, Lord, that we'd reach more children through it. And so now we just pray that once again, our hearts would be attentive and focused in Jesus name. Amen. Well, it's a short Psalm, just eight verses, and there's really two sections here. And if you look at the first five, uh, what I see here is the people of God encouraged to, first of all, be remembering their dependence on God. So 
The first real theme is remembering our dependence on God. And then in verse number six, it's remember, remembering through verse number eight, really remembering to actively recognize his working or actively praise him. So the first part is just considering how much we need God. And then the second part is actively expressing to him our gratitude for how much we need him. But don't you find those two first two verses just, I don't know, I find the first two verses to just really, they just have a lot of poetic power. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, it may Israel, now may Israel say, let's repeat it again. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. You say that, and I don't know about you, but does that not speak to your heart in thinking of your life had it not been for the Lord? You know, there's a song, Were It Not For Grace. Were It Not For Grace. And the song talks about where I'd be without the Lord. Do you stop sometimes and think, what would my life look like? Israel could say here, boy, what would what would our nation be like? And David had that story, the, the, the account that we looked at on Sunday. And they go up, remember Joab and his brother, they've got an army ahead of them and they've got an army behind them. The whole world around them had conspired against them. And David just thinks, wow, what if God hadn't fought for me? What if God hadn't been there for me? And he just stops and he thinks and he and he, what he's doing here is he's really reminding himself of his dependence on God. Do you think sometimes that we forget that? Like the Lord gets us the Lord, I find in my life that, you know, we, the Lord brings us along to a place in our lives. We get there, we arrive at that location, and sometimes we forget who it was that brought us there. Is it just me, or you know what I'm talking about? This, that we, we forget his, the, the fact that we are desperately in need and dependent on him. Dependent on him. When do you, let me ask you this tonight, when are some times in our lives where we, when we forget how much we need God. When are some times in our lives where you say, or what have you experienced where, you know what, you forget that just how much that you need God? For me, that's when I remember the most that I need the Lord, but... It's possible in that difficulty to just try to solve everything on your own. Mm. Yeah. Right. I think that's a good point. Like because there's so many, so many things demanding your attention and. And you want to, well, I've got a, you've got a problem on this front and a problem on that front and a problem over there. And what do we do? Sometimes the first thing we do is we rush to activity, right? We rush to try to find the solution or to solve it in our own strength. And this is a powerful reminder that says, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are powerless on our own. We're powerless on our own. When else do we sometimes forget that, that we, how dependent we are on the Lord? Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I go through. I, uh, not that I want to have a big problem, but sometimes very simple things. 
Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When do we when do we forget? Yep. Yeah. I think that's actually true. Like if somebody's helped you before or if um, you got out of a jam at one point in your own strength before, sometimes you'll go back to those. That'll be the that'll be the place that you go. I think in times of obviously I think in times of success and prosperity, right? When you've you've as I mentioned at the beginning, you get to that point where things seem to be going smoothly, things seem to be going well. It's a big danger. So what happens then? So when we forget, when we do forget that we are powerless on our own, and, and I think there's a couple things here. First of all, under this remembering our dependence, I've got some subpoints here. And, that, and the first is that we're powerless on our own. But when we do forget that, what then are we, what then are the vulnerabilities that come? We, we forget that. Huh? Somebody say something? I'm hearing things. Okay, so you become vulnerable to pride, and we know that the the book of Proverbs says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We're vulnerable to pride. What else are we vulnerable to? Anxiety. Well, that's a good point, yeah. So anxiety can take over because we forget, wait a minute, this isn't me. This is the Lord. So, yeah, I think, so on the one hand, you have the two complete extremes there. You guys balance each other out like that, or what? I'm just, <laughs> no, but I'm just. But there's, you could have one of those two extremes. You you go to pride in yourself, or you become anxious. Like there is no solution. What will I do? We become vulnerable to temptation, right? Go to look at this because there's some New Testament. I've got a couple of New Testament passages I want to compare to this tonight. So, go to First Corinthians 10 with me. Let's look at First Corinthians 10. Keep a mark in Psalm 124, and be ready to move back and forth into the New Testament as well. But I think the spirit of the the spirit of the psalmist in the song is really matched in these writings of the New Testament. So 1 Corinthians 10 All right, I want you to look at verse 12, okay? 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That theme there of forgetting that we are powerless on our own, sometimes it's when we stand that we forget. But it's interesting, if keep your, don't move from this passage yet, because if you remember... If you remember the whole theme of Psalm 124, it's the people of Israel. It's the people of Israel remembering that, hey, we've been through some battles. We've been through some struggles. We've been through some difficulties. And it's the Lord who is on our side. But the the writer of the, the Apostle Paul tells a little different story about the children of Israel. It's, all, it's what it is, is it's the con, 
It's the converse of, the, of David's attitude. And look in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 10. Look at what Paul writes. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the, the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So there's a lot in those verses. Suffice it to say for this evening that Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's reminding them of the history of the Hebrews and all that the Hebrews went through. And what he's saying in this passage is that, listen, he says, the, that following Moses and getting the manna and the water from the rock, that wasn't Moses leading them. That wasn't themselves, but all of that was who was, who was leading them? Who was with them? Yeah, it's Christ. Christ is there. Christ is present there. And, and with that, he's saying, but in verse number five, as a warning, he's saying, hey, they had, they didn't just have, they didn't just have Moses and the miracles, but they didn't know it, but they had the presence of Christ with them. And now he says in verse five, but with many of them, God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples. So we've got two examples. In Psalm 124, we've got the children of Israel remembering how much they need the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 10, we're reminded, we're given the other example of the children of Israel forgetting how much they need the Lord. And he's making that spiritual application for us. And so he says in verse number uh, six, again, now these things were our examples to the intent ye should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So don't lust after evil things. Don't be idolaters. No, verse eight, don't commit fornication as some of them committed. Verse number nine, and also neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of, the, of serpents. Verse number 10. So he's given us all the things. Like, look, you should look at their example. I mean, Psalm 124 would be the peak of what we could emulate from these examples. First Corinthians is reminding us, but there's the opposite of that is what we don't want to fall into. And then verse number 10, neither what? Murmur. As some of them also murmured, were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, verse 11. Now these things happened unto them for and samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. It's the warning. If we forget what God has done, if we forget how dependent we need to be on him, then we put ourselves in a vulnerable position like the children of Israel did. Think of all the people who, who fell in their strength. Interesting, isn't it? Like that verse there, know it, um, let him that standeth take heed lest he fall. David was a man after God's own heart, but his heart turned to lust. Moses was the meekest man. And all the, the Bible says he was the meekest man that ever lived. And what was his failure? What did he do? What was that? Yeah, in anger, he struck the rock. So the, the warning is, hey, don't forget how dependent you are on God. And that's why in verse number 13, it says this. Look at verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, 
but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. A lot of people interpret that verse and they say, God won't give you any more than you can what? Yeah, people say, God won't give you any more than you can handle. But I think actually the point of this is you can't handle anything. And the only way to the only way to to be strong in the Lord is to have that dependence on him, to trust him, to go where he leads you, because the place where he leads you is where he's going to provide you with his strength. The place where he leads, we find his we find his strength. And so that that's a a good converse passage in the New Testament. So back in Psalm 124, we're reminded here that we're powerless on our own. If it had not been the Lord, if it, if it hadn't been the Lord who was on our side, if it hadn't been the Lord when men rose up against us. So we remember our dependence and that causes us to remember that we're powerless on our own. But notice the second subpoint here, what he, how he starts to explain what life would have been like in verses three and four. If it wasn't for the Lord when these men came up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. So as we remember our dependence, the first thing we saw is we're powerless on our own. But what is the, what else do we glean from this, especially in verses 3 and 4? What else do we learn about this dependence and the and how vital this dependence is. What do we what what are what's the theme in verses three and four? Probably could go a couple different directions with this. I went down one, maybe you will as well, or but but what do you see there in verses three and four about this dependence that we have to have? Why it's gotta be the why does it have to be the Lord on our side? Okay. Because adversity is expected. I think that's absolutely, absolutely one of the themes in here. I think there's more. What else? What else of these could this remind us of? Yeah. I think one of the themes here is, I think it's, it's twofold. I think both, put both those together. Expect opposition and that the enemy is out to get us. And I think then there's a, a, a final like clincher to all of that. And that is, how do we stack up against the enemy? <laughs> Pitifully, right? Pitifully. Now, wait a minute. If, if the, This is interesting because when two armies, if you use the battle idea here, if two armies come up against each other, you know, they're kind of, they're sizing each other up, right? They're sizing each other up. And David is expressing absolutely zero confidence in the flesh here. None. He's not like, well, if it, if it wasn't the Lord, if the Lord wasn't on our side, I'm not sure how the battle would have turned out. That's not what he's saying, is he? He's saying, if it wasn't the Lord we would have been annihilated. If it wasn't the Lord, we didn't stand a chance. And I think that's an important reminder for us that if it wasn't for the Lord, if not for the Lord, we do not stand a chance against the enemy that we're up against. 
right? I mean, think about it. We can, and we can sometimes fall into the attitude, the idea that, well, we've developed some strength. We've developed some willpower. We've developed some, some ability within ourselves to stand strong. And we've developed some character. All of those things, this actually came up in our men's discussion on last Friday night. Listen, the world, people without Jesus can get a little more self-control in their lives, right? They can discipline their lives. But all of those, that's not like the, the temptations of our flesh are not really our ultimate enemy. Our ultimate enemy has far more at his disposal than we even understand. I'm reminded of 1 Peter. You don't need to turn there unless you want to, but 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a, you know what it says, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may, what's it? Devour, not oppress or not trouble or not bring difficulty, but devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But we're also thankful that First John says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let the church now say we'd have been devoured if it had not been the Lord. We're powerless on our own. We are no match for the enemy. And it's a good reminder for us. It's a song. It's a song for us to sing. I encourage you to pick up that. Uh, okay, let's, let's look at this because we're talking about songs. We did this one the other, the, a few weeks ago and we freaked some of you out because we changed the tempo a little bit. So, but we're going to look at the words anyway. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Jesse? You're like, all right. It's a mighty fortress is our God. And let me find this, uh, the, the, the hymn, the, the 33. This, Martin Luther wrote this, and if anybody wrestled with the devil, boy, Martin Luther sure did. So he says, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Now look at this. He had an idea. Yeah, this is good theology on Christian warfare. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Does ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Now, this is my favorite verse. Verse three. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim. I don't know if there is a Christian hymn that said so much about Satan in it than Martin Luther's hymn here, right? I mean, there's a lot. 
the prince of darkness grim. We tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. I think the best one of the best lines in all of hymnody, one little word shall fell him. And then verse 4, that word above all earthly powers. And he's, the word is who he's talking about here. It's Jesus. That word, one little word, that word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. You see what he says there? That, that all the powers in the world, have. They, Jesus doesn't need them. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who's with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go this mortal life also. The body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. I think about that, that that song just reminds us we are no match if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. But praise be to God, the Lord is on our side. If God and should we say the Lord is on our side or we are on his side? Well, we ought to be on his side, but we know the scripture says if God be what for us, that God is for us. But we, we trust in our own ability. So in this psalm, we're reminded of our dependence on God. First off, we're powerless on our own. And then secondly, we are no match for the enemy. But now we give thanks. We give glory to God for his salvation. In verses 6 through 8, it gives us now this transition. So we need you, we need you, we need you. And then verse 8, you came through for us. You gave us the victory. You, you saved us. So blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Give him praise. Give him the glory. Why? He hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. There's the imagery of the devil as a roaring lion. And he says, we are not, you know, we're not being, what are you saying? We're not being chewed up in the teeth of the lion. We haven't been delivered. He says, we haven't been delivered to them. We are, we, we have escaped just like a bird. Verse seven, our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he recognizes what God has done and he praises God for his saving power. I'll give you another New Testament passage. Turn with me now to Ephesians 2. So we'll pick up this very same theme in the New Testament context, Ephesians 2. So for Israel, David is singing and the children of Israel sing this song. Oh, without God, we would be devoured by the enemy. But bless the Lord. He's he's not given us as a prey. He's made a way of escape. The trap has been broken. Bless the Lord. And now in the greater context, in the greater spiritual reality that the greatest enemy of all is death and the devil and sin we were dead in our trespass and sin, Ephesians 2, verse 1, and you hath he quickened. You've been made alive. You've been given new life. You were dead in trespasses and sins. In time past, you walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air. So here we see the enemy back in the passage. The enemy controlled us. The enemy uh, dominated us. The enemy was trying to devour us and we were in his power. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our own flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse number four, but God, but God. And the doom and the gloom of the captivity, of the bondage, of the attack of the enemy, as we're children of wrath, the but God. And I think of that, I have that circled in my Bible, but God, but God. It just reminds me of Psalm 124. If it had not been for the Lord, if there was no but God in Ephesians chapter number two, how would the story end? I mean, just think about that. You, you read Ephesians chapter two without the gospel and it's we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we were judged for our sins and we were cast into the lake of fire. That's if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. That's how the story should end. That we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in him. Wherefore, what's it say? Remember. Wherefore, remember. What is David's song about? His song is about remembering. Remembering the without what would it have been without God remembering if there's no but God in Ephesians remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh you are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time ye were what's it say without Christ if it had not been the Lord for the Lord but that was our lives we were without Christ aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Having no hope. This is the first, when I read Psalm 124, it's the first passage I thought of. That we were without hope. Having no hope and without God in the world. And David's opening, if it had not been the Lord, that was the story of each person's life. Each person's life. There was no Lord. There was no God without hope, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were who sometimes are far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the the enmity verse down to verse 16 that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross verse 18 through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father 
Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. What does Psalm, what is Psalm 124? What is the song? You and I can sing the song of Israel, the song of degrees, the song that prepares us to worship, the song that they would sing on their way to Jerusalem. We sing the songs of Zion. We sing on the way, our lives are a song on the way to the heavenly Jerusalem. The song of ascent as we make our ascent to our eternal homes. We sing, remembering, Lord, I can do nothing without you and you have done great things on my behalf. And let that song be the song of our lips, the song of our hearts as we live this Christian life, trusting him, praising him for what he, is, for what he has done. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for... We thank you, Lord, that though there was nothing we could do to earn your favor, there's nothing we could do to earn our escape from sin and destruction, Jesus, you came, you conquered the grave, you conquered sin and death, and Lord, you came and you took our side so that we, you could bring us to yourself. We praise you and thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.